Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hello again, everyone, and thank you again for joining us on Clean Break, the podcast. I am Darren Javag, host of the show, and with me today, as always, my awesome co-host, Tina Murray. Tina, how are you doing today? I'm great, Darren. How are you doing on this cold winter day? Yeah, I. you know what? This is a truly Canadian day, I think. You know, I don't know. We'll probably look back in a couple months and say we can identify the exact day that the, uh, the podcast was recorded yeah, because yeah. it's like minus 22 out there and it's crazy to be Canadian, I tell right. you. And you know what? Yeah. I'm looking, we're all on video. So depending on how you're watching or listening to this, um, Kathy, you are the only one who actually left the house this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get in the car and drove. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kathy. Kathy Shepard is the owner of Shepard & Associates located in Kempville. It is an accounting and bookkeeping firm, so welcome. Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun to be on this with you guys. Yeah, we, we, we always enjoy it. We try to make it entertaining, even sometimes with what could be potentially some dry topics. No offense, Kathy, but accounting and bookkeeping isn't always the funnest thing to talk about <laughs> yeah especially when it involves taxes that really gets people's hackles up yeah oh yeah I, I think I've actually heard some people refer to it as watching paint dry but yeah. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it's all good because you know what here's the beautiful thing about being a professional in an industry like yours Kathy is is the fact that we need people like you you know yeah. you absolutely are an absolute necessity you know when it comes to life. Yeah, what I love your tagline. What is that, Kathy? We take away the panic when Revenue Canada calls. Love it. <laughs> and trust me, I have had panic when Revenue Canada has called. Yeah, that's why I'm the surprised. scammers are so successful, right? They that's true. Grab people's fear. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't give like a, a little bottle of whiskey or something like that, you know, when you finish the people's taxes and stuff. I've had people say to me, man, this was better than the therapist I've been paying for for a year. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, they're usually you know, quite Ka relieved. Kathy, you know what? You're always a joy to have on the show. And I know the last time you were on, we, we kind of got into some of the nitty gritty. You told some absolutely amazing stories about your own personal uh, uh, situations that have happened to you. And uh, we encourage everybody to go back and listen to those because I tell you, you are one of the most flamboyant and, and, and passionate people I've ever met, you know? Oh, so you, yeah, I hope people get a chance to go back and listen to those. Uh, today, what we're talking about a little bit on the tax side is we've, uh, we want to kind of get into the juice, you know, like the stuff that really people don't think about when they think about taxes I mean, not most people don't think about taxes to begin with until they're getting a check from the government. But, you know, uh, you know, this is some of the stuff that is, I wouldn't say make or break, but some of these things are very important that people just don't give them the, 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 the weight that they should have. Mm -hmm. well, it's quite, quite, you're, you're right on there, Darren, because usually, um, well, it's, it's a very tumultuous time in anybody's life. So the, some of those finite things that you have to do with Revenue Canada or the bank or, you know, a whole lot of other places uh, never even occurs to a person until they're already in the trouble. Right? Yeah, and, that's uh, true. Yeah, there's a few tips we can give those folks. Mm -hmm. Good. So Tina, why don't you start us off? So let's talk about some of the small basics things. We're talking, you know, this is Clean Break, the podcast about divorce. So let's talk about 
um, you know, when someone is divorcing or separating or at what point in time in the process should they be telling Revenue Canada? Um, Revenue Canada has some legislation in place that um, uh, they encourage you kind of to wait three months because um, I guess there's a possibility of, you know, getting back together again. And there's quite a lot of um, things that Revenue Canada would have to change on their computer it to separate you and then to join you back together and apparently that's happened quite a bit on off on off so they don't want to do it until they're sure you're off right um, and they say three months i advocate that if you don't have children you tell them like the week you decide you're done if your relationship's finished this week you know by friday this week you should call revenue canada and tell them your marital status has changed and the reason you need to do that is um, all the credits are calculated on a family income and uh, the, 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 you know, the uh, child tax benefit, what's it called now? Canadian child benefit. Child care, the, child care benefit. Yeah, the benefit for having the children, you know, that can be skewed terribly when you don't tell the truth. Um, well, no, it's not that you don't tell the truth. Don't tell them like quickly. Um, so your HST can be messed up. The tax returns can get ultimately messed up. So I advocate you tell them really quickly. Um, and the same thing is, and I know this is about divorce, but people listening should understand that it's the same thing as when a couple gets together, especially when there's children involved, because every benefit that you get from the government is based on a joint family income. And that means pulling your families together or pulling them apart. Either way, Revenue Canada needs to know right away. Okay. You hear a lot of people say that, oh, well, we're not filing together, even though they've been together for a couple of years. Bad thing. Bad. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad in many ways. Number one, it can harm your credit. Number two, it, you know, um, if, it, if one of the spouses dies, they can't lay claim to the spousal benefits for Canada pension or have to go, you know, cartwheeling around to get it all together. Um, there's a whole lot of other credits and, and, and type of, uh, settings that really need to be on there. The worst one's the HST because when people don't tell that they're together and then ultimately are found out later that they are together, they owe back. Like they'll owe all, they think they're doing great, but they'll owe all that money back. Wow, I've I didn't seen, even know that. <laughs> yeah, and here's, here's another story. And this is a story. I had a client and him and his wife, they had three children and they were separated. And he and she were living in separate houses in different parts of town. Like, I mean, th this was the real deal. Well, like three years later, he was bad health and they had common children. So she was helping him out and she was helping him out more and more because the children needed a parent and he was sick. So she was being a good, decent person and helping him out. And she ended up in order to save money because they couldn't pull it all together. She moved back into the same house. Revenue Canada considered them instantaneously married and all the benefits that he got for being a single parent were clawed back to the tune of $30,000. What? So wow. if you were married and you are not, uh, I, certainly if you're not legally divorced and maybe even if you are divorced, they said you were married and they can, let's not forget, they're the single most powerful organization in Canada. If they oh, yeah. decide under their rules, you're married, guess what? <laughs> you're married. Yeah. Yeah, they're the biggest mafia out there. That's what I always say. <laughs> yeah. They got the power, man. You're you're kind of a uh, screwed. 
Yeah. So, wow. That is amazing. I, 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 and I know like from a tax perspective, one thing I've noticed in, in 2020 and 2021 is I'm seeing a lot of balloons being floated around to different circles about how predatory the government is now starting to become with collecting, you know, back taxes and auditing and stuff like that. Like it's, it, it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder and it's going to get worse in my opinion. Get vicious. Because, yeah. Yes. What's going to happen is they're going to put black on white there. And I mean, yeah. these are people think all of a sudden the government's being harsh. They're not. The, the legislation is already in place. They're really just not finding any gray areas anymore. They're just going black on white. And if you don't fit black on white, you, you pay up. Right, um, right. You know, that that that's interesting, Kathy, that you say that because it kind of it's kind of akin to what we were just talking about in another podcast when we were talking about insurance. Right. Because it's like you don't you don't think about it until you need it yeah. right and taxes is very much like that too because if you don't know what you don't know and you're just la 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 going through your days and you're not checking the boxes and ticking the right things and crossing the t's like you do every day for your clients that's where this tsunami of of problems happen for people oh, yeah. right yeah 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 no it can uh, and and you you nailed it there darren when you said the tsunami because we've had people who have been flying under the radar for years and years and years. And all it takes is one person doing what they think they're doing without looking at the grand picture. And it just sets the cascade going like, then the HST comes into question. Then they look at the child benefits and then they'll look at the tax deductions and then they'll look at the extra tax deductions. It goes on and on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are obviously are lots of repercussions if you don't tell the government. Yeah. Either way, whether you're living right. or separating, there can be right. repercussions. Every so, time there's a change in your marital status, Revenue Canada should know. So, Kathy, let me ask you something. Like, it, so other than ignorance, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in a people don't know lack of knowledge. Yeah. Lack of knowledge. Uh, like, what would be? What would, be, would, would there? Is there an incentive for people not to tell the government? Like, would like for one person or the other? Like, is it? Is there a reason that people wouldn't do it other than being ignorant of the fact that they have to? Well, there's not like a real benefit. In fact, there's more of a benefit to show single because most of the a joint family income is higher. Right. And uh, no, I can't think of a reason, Darren, off the top of my head. And right. sometimes. I think a lot of what happens in divorce as far as taxes and money, yes, there's ignorance, they just don't know, mm -hmm. but a lot of it's control. And a lot of it, mm -hmm. what happens is emotional. It's got nothing to do with the tax returns themselves or anything else like that. So, um, and in fact, I have a story to tell you later oh. on okay. um, that that's about that kind of thing. Okay. So now one thing I was, uh, I was always curious about, and, and this has actually come up a few times in my career, People will get divorced and then for economic reasons or whatever, they decide they're going to like, like co-share a house, right? In the eyes of CRA, can they still be divorced? You know, I haven't, I haven't uh, seen a court case where that's gone to, to, you know, where the rubber hits the road kind of thing, but it's my understanding if you were legally divorced and um, you could prove that your finances were independent and separate, I don't think the dwelling um, is really going to be the be all end all. The dwelling is a consideration. It's like everything else Revenue Canada does. There's no one nail in your coffin. It's gonna take a whole bunch to nail it shut. So right. the living in the same house is probably gonna be um, 
a point of condemnation, but um, if you can prove that all of your finances are independent, separate and everything else, I think you might have a stand, but it is definitely going to be complicated to prove. Right. Yeah, no. And that's a good point. Like, I think, again, it goes back to that documentation, right? So, you know, like in, in, when you're looking at, let's say the law per se, they usually say, you know, you're, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. I think it's the other way around when it comes to CRA and, and, and the government, you know, it's yeah, like, no. you're, you're, you're guilty until you can prove to us that you're innocent. So, so having the documentation from someone like you or filing it properly and, and making sure those boxes are checked, I think it goes a long way in trying to stand your ground against them. Right. Right. And, and another thing um, the listeners should be aware of is that you need documentation for everything that if you actually go to trial there's not a single thing you say that they're going to believe it's what can you prove and you'll need your bank statements from the very first day you moved in together or the very first day you were married whichever uh, happens to you um, you have to present that and the bank only keeps records for seven years right. I don't right. even know if you are willing to pay for a search and pay for them if you can get them past seven years Right. So because right. I'm an accountant in my divorce, I had, uh, you know, I had receipts for screws for $3.89. So, I mean, I was a, an adversary that nobody ever imagined they were going <laughs> to get up against, but uh, I had my bank statements and I had every single piece of paper. So there's lots of folks who wouldn't, and it can really compromise your situation. Uh, proof is the, is the key. So uh, I, I want to go back to a question and, and this might be simple, but what if one spouse uh, um, notifies Revenue Canada, but the other doesn't? Hmm. Like, who, is there, what happens? How does that kind of connect or catch up to that other person? Well, everything's on a computer. And when you file your tax return as spouses, they connect the social insurance numbers. So if one person's disconnected by default, the other one is too. Oh, it just kind right. of basically it doesn't, happens. doesn't matter what you say. If one of you is attesting to the fact that you're separated, Okay. The other one by virtue of default is too. Okay. And it'll happen instantly on the computer. It's fast. It's wow. really fast. Okay. So like if I called Revenue Canada and said, yeah, I, I'm now separated. And um, um, does it does it automatically then do I then start getting like, let's say I have young children, uh, higher, higher uh, child care benefits, those types of things, even if my spouse hasn't identified that? If your spouse, oh, oh, there's where things get tricky because there is a form where um, you say, it, it's it's really all about when you have children, right? Uh, there's not nearly as many responsibilities when you don't, but when you have children, um, they can ask the other spouse to sign the form that says, yes, they are separated because mm -hmm. then they have to figure out who gets that child benefit. And that's, that's the big bugaboo there. Um, and, um, you have to have a family income of 60,000 or less between the two of you before it would probably even affect your HST. So it's mostly about when you have the children. So if you phoned up and you were a mother and you were leaving with your three kids and said, I'm, I'm leaving my husband, I need uh, more support for the child benefit and other related benefits, um, they will tell you to wait three months before you change because like I said, people are in and out. So after the three months, what they'll do is give you retroactive payments. Mm, okay. So, so you're treated fairly. It just doesn't 
the uh, the benefits don't happen fast. The computer side of it can happen instantaneously, but you know those benefits uh, they want proof that you're still out of the house or separated. So Kathy, one question on that: like, let's does does it come into play at all the percentage of time that the kids are with either spouse? Like, if let's say one spouse has the kids like like twice a month on the weekends, uh, <clears throat> and then and then in another situation let's say, you know, the kids are with um, uh, both parents equally 50-50, right? Does it, does, does that, do those credits or, or benefits, are, are they, are they split or does it just go to one person regardless or? Well, there's where things get, that's the biggest problem in the whole thing with Revenue Canada. For years, they were wishy-washy on who got to claim what and everything else. So they finally had to put their foot down and say, okay, we're not splitting, we're not doing this because it was just continuous fighting between the parents on, and it was always about the money. Right. So now you, a good lawyer would suggest in, uh, in their representation that you word the separation agreement very carefully on who is the primary parent for each child. Right. Because if if you are the primary caregiver of that child, you may be able to claim them as your spousal equivalent on your tax return if you don't have a spouse. However, um, that's where it gets like that needs to be done very strategically because if it just says, you know, I'm going to have them this week, you're going to have them next week. When it kind of ends up, if you can't if you can't pinpoint it, only one of you gets the deduction. Only one of you is going to get the child tax benefits and you're going to have to decide on how to split that up between you and we both have heard I mean we've all heard of people where um one spouse gets the money and says screw you I'm not giving you half you, you know you don't I got the kids you don't deserve it and that's the kind of fight that just goes on and on and on and it's yeah. like you guys get a grip on it it's not about the money you're just causing yep. castle and friction in the family get over it hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And yeah. you know, that's that I tell you, man, if there was a golden nugget that came out of this show, it's what you just said, right. Is, yeah. is that is having the, the foresight to deal with this problem up front in the, in the separation agreement probably eliminates, I don't know how much back and forth of yeah. BS. Right. So, oh, and whatever in that agreement, Darren, the, revenue Canada will follow that to the letter. And right. so, you know, um, and people say, well, I want to claim the child. Well, you're the one, you're the one paying support. The person paying support never gets to claim the child. The recipient right. of the child support claims the child. Right. So that's right. why it's really important to, to have that set out in that agreement. I mean, your single most important document is that separation agreement and the custodial parents. Even if it's 50-50, right? Because sometimes, right, uh, parents have 50-50 um, custody, but one still has to pay child support. Yeah, it's, let's not forget support and custody are two different things. Okay. Support is the financial stability in the family. Custody is the par parent who's in, responsible for the well-being of the child. So it doesn't always mean the same thing. Okay. And uh, the parent paying the support obviously doesn't get a deduction because the person receiving it, it's not income. So that was to help level out the playing field because ordinarily the lower income parent, like traditionally in the past was the woman who had a lower income job and, you know, she needed extra money to keep that household going and they were losing up to 30% of that child benefit uh, or support um, in taxes. So they had to wipe that off. And that was a really great move on, on behalf of the government that eliminated a lot of problems. So what Revenue Canada says, so uh, similar to one of your, one of your questions you just asked, 
what happens if it's 50-50? Well, Revenue Canada says you should pick a parent that's going to claim the children and stick with it. So, so say it was me and I made $150,000 a year, I would get a bigger tax benefit from claiming one of the children as a spouse. So what they suggest is that I do my tax return uh, without any children, then I do my tax return with the children and whatever the, the benefit is or the savings on the bottom line of the tax return for reduction in tax, you split that. You like, you give your spouse, you know, an $800 check, your ex okay. yeah. That's a so, great idea. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the best way to handle it. And mature people who are, are more about the mature ending will do it that way. This, this nitpick and fighting is gonna, it, it just is no good and it never gets solved. It, it creates nothing but animosity and uh, friction in the home of the child. And it doesn't get anybody any more money, really. It, it boils down to not a whole hell of a lot more. Yeah. Do you have to have those conversations, those tough conversations with some of your clients? Oh, yeah. I've had a guy. I had a guy come in here. He was my own family. And he wanted to know about, I'm going to incorporate my company and make my fa father the owner and the shareholder and everything else. And I'm going to put all my earnings in there and she'll never see them. And I said, well, you'll be hiring another accountant because I'm not doing that. And I said, you're, you're the, the mother of those children is a good woman. She's the best mother I've ever seen. And if you think I'm creating a fraudulent environment so you can cheat her out of money to raise your children, I said, now nah, you got it wrong. Good for you. Bam. Wow. Man, you're not kidding. I, I, if I could have <laughs> smacked him and, not, and got away with it, I would have. And his father was here with him. And, uh, and he looked at me. And of course, now he, he's like mortified. And he says, well, what's that going to do to me? And I said, well, if you own the corporation and you have all that profit going there, the only way to get it out is by dividends, which goes on your tax return. And by the way, you're legally responsible for everything that happens in that company, whether something catches fire or falls down, you're the guy. So like, I'm not thinking this was a good plan all the way around. And then I wow. reiterated, if you think I'm helping you screw her out of childcare money, nah. Wow. Now, Kathy, you got to tell me, was that the story you wanted to tell us? Or do you no, have another that's one? Another, I'm just loaded with stories. So I, got another I love one. the stories. All right. Give All us right. the story. Wait, wait, wait. Tina, Tina. How, yeah. Okay. I was going to ask you, how close are we going here? Yeah. Yeah. We got to end there soon here. I don't are, are we out of time? Do we have time for one more story? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, you may have to edit this out, but um, <laughs> so when I was in the middle of that really bad divorce that I told you all about the last time, uh, um, I had a credit card and when we got together, there was like, he had credit cards. I had bank accounts. He had bank accounts. So, like we had multiple multiples of everything. So when I took over the finances, I said, look, do you, are you really attached to these bank accounts or these cards? And he said, no, I don't really, I don't care. I need banking. I don't care where it comes from or how I said, okay, so let's get rid of some of these and we'll use the ones that I've had in place for 30 years, whatever it was at the time. And uh, we'll use my banking instrument. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. We went to the bank and uh, he got a card and, and there's different terminologies for those cards. There's the owners and the users and spare parts guy. I don't know. There's, you know, they got a whole <laughs> load of hooey going on at the bank. So anyways, he got signed on. So when we separated, I said to him, I will pay for everything for three months till we get this all figured out. Okay. So the end of three months, he's still using the credit card. So I, I sent him an email, please stop using the credit card. This was in our agreement. So he kept on using the credit card. Now to his defense, it was groceries and dentists and you know, he wasn't being NASA at all, but he was still using the credit card and refused to make a payment. So whatever he bought that month came out of my money. It's like, sorry, we, we finished three months ago. I gave you three months, like your time's over. So 
I phoned the bank and I said, I want you to cancel the card. Well, for whatever finagling was going on in the bank side, they, they would, oh, we can't do that. Yeah. Okay, fine. I thought I'm smarter than you guys. So I sat down and figured out how am I going to make this happen? So then I phoned, uh, I had called, I forget my local branch. So I called the number on the back of the card. And I said, look, I got a problem and I need your help. She says, what's that? And I said, well, um, my husband's a farmer, we're farmers. And I said, he's plowed his wallet down. I said, we have looked for days and days and days here in the house all around. We can't find it. I'm sure it's underground out in that field. She said, would you like me to order you a new one? I said, yes, please. <laughs> so she ordered me a new one. And then uh, she said, well, before I go, is there anything else I can do to help you? And I said, well, now that you mention it, yes, there is. The kids have been driving around our neighborhood with baseball bats and they're taking my mailbox off. And I said, so I've rented a box in town. I said, could you change my address to the uh, new post office box? And they said, no problem, man. Click, 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 click. You'll have your new card in about 10 days. I said, that's amazing. You have been so helpful. Thank you so much. So <laughs> 10 days later, the card came in the mail and out came the big scissors. Problem solved. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> you got to be smart. You just got to uh, be smart. Oh my God. I thought there was one golden nugget in this con in this conversation. We've had about six. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know what, Kathy? I had a whole bunch more that I wanted to ask and talk about, yeah. but I think we're going to have to uh, hold on, off on that stuff until the next episode. I was going to say, ask me back. We'll do it next time. We okay, will absolutely have you back, Kathy, anytime. <laughs> so tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, Kathy. Um, well, the easiest things by phone here in Kempel, 613-258-4949. And if you Google Shepherd and Associates, we're all over the internet. You can find us there too. And our email's on our website, and that's shepherdandassociates.ca. Yeah, and they can also find you on the DivorceNet website, which is fantastic. So we're going to leave it at that, and we're going to say... Thank you, Kathy, for joining us. And we're going to say thank you to everyone for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. And we'll see you on the other side of the mic. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.